Hey, Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, Big Z here, the Lions, with a tough, tough week one loss. We're going to get into it right away here on Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid. We want to thank everybody for listening. Um, remember, this is just week one. There are 15 more weeks left to go. It's a long season. It's a tough one, I know. But we're going to talk all about it here on Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid. Now sit back, and it's time for the pod. This is Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid, a Detroit Lions podcast hosted by lifelong Lions fans. UJ. It seems apparent to me that the most intellectual football fans tend to be Lions fans. Bob. Stafford is the best quarterback in football. Remember what you saw here. Tell your grandkids, don't forget. Red Dog. I believe we're on the precipice of a new era of Detroit Lions football dominance. Connor. Patricia looks like Violet Beauregard from Willy Wonka out there. An absolute blueberry on the sideline. And I'm your host, Big Z. The media knows nothing. The Detroit Lions 2021 Super Bowl jams. We can't wait for this upcoming season. Relax. It's time for the pod. All right, Blue Kool-Aid drinkers. We are back at September 14th, um, the day after... The Lions week one loss to the Chicago Bears. And uh, do I say typical Lions fashion? It'll, it's hard to say. At least a typical Patricia Lions fashion. We'll get all into that in a moment. Uh, but I'm Big Z. And joining us as always is the Blue Kool-Aid crew. So we got UJ. Ah. <laughs> then we got Bob. Hey. Connor. How's it going? And then Red Dog. Cheers. All right, gentlemen. So what we're going to do on the top of this podcast, uh, before we get into the topics, um, we're going to insert this uh, Patricia quote here. Uh, so just take a moment to listen to it, and then we're going to be reacting to it. Throughout, really, your tenure here, you've had fourth-quarter leads and lost them. Is there something in your coaching that maybe isn't happening enough in the fourth quarter for you to close out games? Yeah, I don't think so, Mike. I think I got probably one of the biggest plays in the fourth quarter in the history of the NFL where I think I did a pretty good job. So I don't think it's that. I think we all know what the, the individual games are. Um, we got to do a better job. I mean, we've got a team right now that's different than the previous two years. This team is different. They're different players, and they have a different mindset. You know, we, we look, no excuses. Give the Bears credit. You know, they did what they did, and they executed, and they and they scored, and, and they won, and uh, we didn't. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not looking back. We're looking forward, and we're trying to make sure that this team that we're building on, uh, you know, understands these situations, and we got to come through better than what we did before. All right, you guys. Uh, so that was, uh, that was Matt Patricia, and it's, it's kind of a frustrating uh, response, at least to me. But uh, – I don't know if you guys want to take it off to, if someone wants to take a, a first shot at this. Uh, otherwise, I, I'll, you know, I'll just, I'll just say what I'm thinking right off, off this. <laughs> um, it's, it's a really frustrating quote because uh, this seems to be this sounds like a guy. And I, I, I maybe I just need to start drinking the blue Kool-Aid here. But, man, uh, I, this just sounds like a guy that has refused to change since he's come over from the Patriots. Like if, if that's what his first thought is that I called the best defensive play in Super Bowl history, um, where he kind of got lucky that the Seahawks passed instead of ran. Um, yeah. But my, I mean, I don't know. It's, it seems like he's stuck in the past and, and it kind of shows in this, uh, in the fourth quarter here where he, 
refuses to get off man coverage, uh, refuses to make to change the way he's coached the last three years and blow these fourth quarter leads. Uh, it seems to be the yeah. only consistent thing. It's same different rosters, th- three years, but the same results. Yeah. Um, Maybe uh, Ruddaw, what what do you think? I just say it stinks a little bit of the same kind of arrogance that uh, Schwartz had, right when right before he ended up leaving. Granted, Schwartz actually had some success to build some of his arrogance on when he was here, <laughs> but uh, you know that that sort of like I'm the smartest guy in the room. How dare you question me? I have the greatest play. Who cares? That wasn't a Detroit Lions play, and that was years ago anyway. So, like. Yeah, living on past laurels is a bad sign. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's kind of a ridiculous quote. I mean, considering it, we should be looking at his Lions tenure, not his uh, past, you know. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, Go ahead, Connor. What do you got? I think it's an extremely, extremely bad quote, and I, I, I think it's starting to get me off the Patricia wagon. Not to get all off Kool-Aid here, but I mean – He's had this arrogance for three years. He's never been able to own up to a real mistake that he's made. And uh, the whole switch to man coverage in the fourth quarter is mind-boggling to me. And uh, he won't even admit that that was a mistake. I, it's a very concerning trend, I think, uh, going into week two, that our coach seemingly hasn't learned anything from last season. So you just going to let us beat up on your boy like this? <laughs> yeah, well, this is, uh, you know, you guys have been a big Patricia backer uh, from the beginning, and uh, this is the first time I'm sensing a crack in the, my foundation here because uh, I thought we would have learned after last year that we can't, we can't sit on a lead. And, and we got, you know, it started out, the game started out rough, but we kind of figured it out. We were beating up the Bears. This is pretty good. And then we took our foot off the gas pedal to manage that lead. I hate that so much, and I wish he'd just get away from that mentality. But I think it's ingrained in him, and it really worries me for the rest of the season. You should be pedaling the man the whole time, man. We should have buried the Bears in that fourth quarter. Instead, we went conservative. And I'm talking about the offense. I'm not even talking about the man coverage thing. I just think we went conservative play calling, and uh, it, it bit us. came back to bite us. And for uh, listeners wondering about what we're talking about with the man coverage, I'm just going to read you uh, what the report was after the game. And this comes directly from the Bears. Uh, Anthony Miller, the wide receiver who caught the game winning touchdown, Bears wide receiver Anthony Miller, told reporters after Sunday's game that the Lions had the Bears crossed up early in the game with plenty of zone coverage. But when winning time came, the Lions, as they did most of 2019, reverted back to Patricia's preferred man-to-man look and uh, paid the price for it. Anthony Miller said that was hugely beneficial to the end of the game. And you can see it, uh, McCray and and man coverage against – Anthony Miller on the game-winning uh, touchdown. It was a good throw yeah. and a good catch, but still, you, you know. Uh, that's out of the game. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, backups out there, and they go to switch the man. Come on. Yeah, why not put more of that, uh, you know, the weight of that task on the safeties? You know, why not give some over-the-top stuff for zones and stuff instead of putting it on your scrub cornerbacks that <laughs> barely made the roster because no one knew who they were until they did, and then you're going to put the game on their shoulders? And obviously that did not work out well. Nope. I I think I watched earlier on like at least four or five of the, I think it was like four of the five plays that were like big plays during the end of the final drives were over to McCray's guy. It was like they just went right after him so hard and he, he folded. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was rough. Uh, injuries, really rough. Uh, across the NFL, hamstrings have been a major issue. They call them soft, to- soft tissue injuries. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but hamstrings especially. Uh, maybe the Lions skip the hamstring stretch uh, the, the upcoming week. I don't know. But, yeah, Kenny Galladay and Akuda already out of the game with hamstring injuries. <laughs> and then on top of that, now you have Coleman out with a hamstring Trufant out with a hamstring. Uh, It's brutal. I mean, but it's across the NFL. Michael Thomas has it. uh, Devontae Parker and the the Dolphins. So, I mean, they're all across the NFL, these major hamstring injuries. And I guess there's something to speak about going from zero to 60 in terms of all preseason to suddenly playing 60-plus snaps at an NFL level is definitely rough on anyone's legs. And there was no preseason of maybe, like, you play a series of full go – but, man, uh, having no starting cornerbacks out there in the crunch time was uh, a big, big no-no <laughs> for the Lions. I mean, do do we think that was the major reason they lost? No. I would say no. I don't. I think it's coaching philosophy, and this is where I was hoping Patricia would see the light this year because all those <clears> – we're developing a new stat that we're getting really good at in that blown fourth-quarter lead, which, Zach, uh, you, you might probably know the numbers – but uh, we're doing that a lot. I mean, from last year to this year, we've, we've carried it right on. And it's not a good yeah. stat. I, I don't like this stat. Yeah, from 2006, um, there's there's been only four times where uh, a team has held a 17-point lead or more going into the fourth quarter and lost the game. I mentioned lost uh, because the Lions had an 18-point lead last year against the Cardinals yeah. and tied, so this doesn't fall in that category. But uh, – <laughs> the Lions are now one of, one of the last five to do it. So congrats! To I uh, I slightly disagree <laughs> there, UJ, because I I think that was the single physical reason they really lost that game. I don't think that I think if Trufant stays in that game, that there's no way Trubisky gets three touchdowns and three drives against us. I think we, it, but it would have been in despite are protecting our lead like i like i think we would have overcome it with our just the talent and the way we were playing the game but you know against a better team i think it would have for sure been the coaching decision because you just can't turtle up like that we we shouldn't have been in that position in the first place agreed no and uh i mean i i kind of you kind of speak about in our chat yesterday just in terms of the the play calling in the uh, fourth quarter I'm thinking that if you're down a couple cornerbacks and like you're deeply hurt on defense, that's when you dial up the offense even more. That had a very successful third quarter. This whole right. play management in the fourth to try and run out the clock makes no sense in that circumstance. If you, if really, if the defensive injuries are the reason for the game, then the offensive play calling makes no sense. So even then, it comes back to coaching. So I don't think yeah. you can escape coaching in this one at all. I think um, I kind of agree, I agree. more with uh, Red Dog on this. Um, Red Dog, what you were saying about the injuries, I think that was the biggest thing. Because we weren't winning that game. I don't think the Bears are really that good. Uh, even though Trubisky's a Lions beater, I don't think uh, – I mean, every time he beats us, I never see, like, oh, geez, Trubisky beat us. It's like we beat ourselves. And uh, oh, yeah. if it wasn't for the injuries, and, if, and, and we did have a play call at the end of the game, you know, right in his hands, Stafford lays it in there. We should have won the game, you know. Uh, so it's, it's we haven't gotten to that yet. I think the injuries <laughs> are the biggest thing. But coaching definitely sucked too. 
Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the, the drive sure. team effort. The second to last drive. Let's talk about that for a moment because the Lions are actually moving it really well with Adrian Peterson uh, on the ground. Right. Um, and then Stafford, uh, man, uh, he had a couple bad decisions this game, and his, I would argue his first bad decision was taking a sack 15 yards and taking him t- mm-hmm. moving from a 40-yard field goal to a 55-yard field goal and then Matt Prater of course hits it off the post which would which indicates if it was 5 yards closer uh it probably goes in uh, yeah. but can anybody I I I watched the play over again I did not understand what you what, what was he thinking I don't know uh, I mean that's it's easy to judge those type of plays that's live ball it's flying he knows he should have got rid of it but he was just trying to make a play that's just Stafford trying to put it on his shoulders I think he, uh, you know, he, he sometimes even the best eat some sacks they shouldn't sometimes. Yeah, that was one of my least favorite coaching decisions of the day. When he got sacked, I say punt the ball there. Why, why risk field position on a long field goal? I know Prater could hit it, he almost did, but yeah. why risk it? There's no need to at that point of the game. I didn't mind the risk there, but yeah, I'm kind of I wasn't looking yeah, because it was a ten-point game at that point, right? But, uh, yeah, it it was a ten point game at that point, so a field goal still makes it a two score game. It just turns a a touchdown and a field goal into two touchdowns that they would have needed. But uh, if which is a big difference, yeah, exactly. If Frater makes that field goal, then they just need a field goal at the end uh, of the game to win rather than a touchdown. Yeah, so yeah. there is happen. that aspect to it. Uh, it's. It's tough, and then uh, let, let, I want to talk about the other one. So the, the yes, the Lions' uh, game plan there in the fourth quarter with two runs in a row that were predictable as hell uh, put them in a third and long situation. But then Stafford throws the ball in a double like it, it was obvious double coverage. He was only ten yards in front of him. Uh, what what do we think Stafford's thinking was there? Uh, I, I I don't I don't know what the thinking was. I don't think he saw the guy coming from the right. The guy was coming across the, the the he was coming across the route path, and Stafford just saw who was it again? Marvin Jones. I yeah, think? Marvin Jones. Yeah, Jones had a lead on the guy covering him directly, and and Stafford just I think he just didn't he didn't do his checkdowns right and or didn't scan the field right and missed the guy coming from the right and tried to rifle it in there, or maybe he saw him. You know, Stafford he thinks he can rifle anything into anywhere, and he he did that a little bit in this game on other plays too. Might have just tried rifling that thing as hard as he can, thinking he could beat the coverage. All right, all right, gentlemen. So um, <laughs> we've been hard on Patricia here, but do we still have faith in him going for? This is only game one of a sixteen-game season in which there was no preseason games. Is there still? Do we do we still have faith that the Lions are gonna um, still make the playoffs here? Yes. Oh yeah. This is yeah. a rough start, though, and it hurts. Uh, it does. Especially in a game you should win, you know. There's no easy games in the NFL, and you, you can't let these kind of games go. You just can't. They're too important. So, But I still have faith. It's early. I mean, it's only one game, so we just got to come back. And I think the players know it, too. I think they're going to be ready. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, I think you got to discount this first one with the short off season. You know, some teams clearly were ready to come rolling this year. You had the Chiefs, you had the Ravens. They were they're ready from the go to just start rolling back right pick up where they left off last year. But, you know, we have a new defensive coordinator. We have some key positions with new guys just so we didn't I mean, our offense should be our best and I think they did look pretty good in a lot of times. They just 
they're also missing Galladay, so I, I think we'll be all right. Just gotta adjust. Yeah, we have we have Jimmy Collins too, who's been a really nice addition. Yeah. Uh, well, do Jimmy you want to that? Might as well. We're on the negative. Yeah, right? let's get onto that really quick. All right, so are we, um. I mean, you, you mentioned it, Bob. Jamie Collins does this weird thing like, where he looks like he's demonstrating to the ref about like the running back maybe leading with the crown of his helmet. And then he he bumps into the ref, or maybe the ref bumped into him a little bit, if you look at it in slow motion. Yeah, the um, game, I thought he did it, ran into the ref, but I saw other angles later that showed look like the ref ran into him. I, it's, I don't know. it's a bizarre thing. I don't know what uh, Jamie Collins was thinking. No. I don't know. Um, but use your words. <laughs> words work, you it's, know. Be like he's leading with the crown of his helmet. Still, I mean, it's super. <laughs> so, you know, it's hey. super soft, and I just—it's it so bizarre. Soft. It's not like there was any malicious intent with yeah. like, the contact. Um, Never get that close to the ref. I agree. I yeah. agree. Uh, he should yeah. definitely know better, especially a veteran like that that's been around the NFL long enough to know never go near the ref. Oh no! But I mean, well, go ahead, Connor. Um, no, I, I was just going to say, like, whether he leaned in or not, like, ultimately that's on Collins to not get that close to the ref where you're putting yourself in that right. position where you're going to get ejected from the game. Like, you know, think of how confused we all are when we see him do this. Think how confused that ref must have been. He just turns around and sees some, like, dude leading with his helmet. <laughs> like, what the f- It didn't and- look like they were talking. He just, like, came at him with his helmet. <laughs> Can I, and I let me just address something here because I think it's a just a common theme and a common thought amongst Lions fans after a game like this. It just seems like things like that with Jamie Collins, which you've never seen before, the DeAndre Swift uh, touchdown drop, would he never dropped one in college until he <laughs> plays one game with the Lions. No, don't um, say it. Just the stigma it. that the Lions are cursed, or this is just no. this is how it is in Detroit. Um, but on this podcast, we drink the blue Kool Aid, so I, I just need, uh, you know, I'll start. I just want to go at least to UJ and maybe Bob because you've been, you know, around the longest watching this team. Why do? Why are you guys drinking the blue Kool Aid still on this team, and why should we not be thinking like that? I'll I'll start with you, UJ. Um. Well, I mean, you know, because our listeners need the Kool Aid more than ever right now, UJ. So I need you to give it to them right here. I'm a hopeless Lions fan. Okay, that there's no hope for me. I can't root for another team. It's the only team I have, and, and that will never change. So uh, I have to be optimistic because one day, one day it's going to happen. And I do believe this team has the talent. We just got to put it together. It's not it just these it, littlest things. And it can happen. It can turn around next week. Next week could be the turnaround. It's going to happen. I just, I'm going to be there when it happens, though. I'm telling you, we're all going to be there. And we're going to revel in it. We're going to get drunk on the victories. It's going to be awesome, man. It's going to be awesome. And, but it sucks to lose. Yeah. How about you, Bob? We're not going to be competing for the division with them. And I like we have these injuries. We're going to have all receivers back. We're going to have Jamie Collins not bumping the refs. Hopefully. things. Are, and, I, and Patricia, the whole thing's coming together now. And I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Even though he sucks in the uh, press conferences, it doesn't really matter. You know, Nagy gives great press conferences. He's a shitty coach, so tell with them. You know, if the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl, I'm still on board. I like using the cork as, like, the sort of, like, to put the emphasis on your points. The line cork. <laughs> yes. Good touch. 
<laughs> the wine cord? Can you explain? Yeah. <laughs> I have a wine cord I'm holding in my hand. As a, oh, as oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, a wine cord. I okay. thought you guys were just sitting really still for the last, like, 20 minutes of this thing. So <laughs> no, As you I go over Zoom, uh, your, your screen is frozen. So. Uh, okay. Uh, he's, he's pointing with the wine cord at the camera, so... Yes, we're very poor. Very poor here on the south side. <laughs> All right. Um, but let, let's. I want to. I want to transition at least to some of the players that really stood out to us here. Um, and I, I want to start with uh, a couple guys in particular. I want to start with the old line actually. Frank Ragnow and Taylor. De- Taylor Decker gets his nice new contract. Frank Ragnow, first pick, our first round pick from a year ago. Um, just. Uh, Really, I, I thought they really stood out. Frank Ragnar allowed no sacks, no pressures. Taylor Decker, I think, allowed one pressure, and that's going against uh, Khalil Mack for half the day. Uh, really good look. Jonah Jackson, I thought, kind of held his own, especially for his first start for, first start for third on rookie. Joe Dahl, a lot more questionable, and Tyrell Crosby, a couple holding calls. But other than that, kind of held his own against uh, Khalil Mack for most of the game. Um, but th- th- that's the first group of guys that I thought stood out. Uh, so I thought that was a promising uh, yeah. thing to see oh, from yeah. our offensive line. It's, and, and opening holes. Uh, eight, we had 140-plus rushing yards in this game, yeah. which is great to see. Yeah, that was big. They were, you know, they weren't always winning at the line of scrimmage, but they were getting some decent <laughs> movement at times there in that game. If they keep building up on their, you know, their, their coordination there, I think we could have a real nice line this year. Yeah, I agree. I think for for the first game with that unit, uh, I think they did a good job, and uh, I definitely see this this unit gelling as the season goes on. This could be a formidable offensive line, I think. Definitely, yeah. definitely. <clears throat> yep. Go ahead. Uh, I, I just think the just to emphasize the running point too. It, it was nice to see some of our running backs get some good looks, and I thought AP got some really good block, run blocks out there from our O line. Um, if we can keep that going, I can definitely see our our offense continuing to flourish, especially in the pass game. If, if we can get that run game going, yeah. And how about Adrian Peterson, man? He, I mean, he looked yeah. explosive on some of these cuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, it looked like he did five or six years ago, to be honest. Yeah, it was great to see. Nice. I love happening there in the locker room. It's awesome. Yeah, and it, it, he he was full of energy uh, throughout the game, is on the sidelines even. Like he was completely into the game. It was great to see. Uh, yeah. And man, I, I gotta say, yeah. as good as Adrian Peterson looked, uh, on Johnson <laughs> looked the opposite. He, he look looks good. sluggish out there, unfortunately. Yeah, I didn't even notice him in the game. Uh, on Johnson seven carries for fourteen yards. Adrian Peterson fourteen for ninety three. Oh, right. like and DeAndre Swift three for eight, but a touchdown on the goal line there, which yeah, is a nice little run. He could add two. He could add two, but <laughs> we're, ta- we're we're going we're talking we're drinking the Kool Aid here, positives oh, right now. Man. <laughs> um. But man, yeah, it would have been all a debut for him. But he'll be remembered th- for that, unfortunately, in his debut game. You know, Hawkinson had a nice game. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he did. Marvin Hall only got like a 20 yard catch instead of a 45 yard catch. Yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. Catch, on the third and long. That might be the yeah, staff for the game. Uh, well, I, yeah. if we're gonna go Stafford throw the game right now, I'm, I would I would just throw out there it's the that third and I think it was like third and fourteen to Danny, Danny Amendola. That would be my pick. Yeah, that was big. He rifled oh, a bullet yeah. in the right there. Yeah. Can can yeah. Uh, the Stafford throw of the day be an incompletion? 
Um, explain yourself. <laughs> he, he threw such a perfect pass to Swift in the end zone. There. Oh, 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 yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. He feathered it in perfect. I mean, that was flawless pass. Oh. It couldn't have been a better throw. Literally could not have been a better throw. Oh. All he had to do was fall yeah. down after he caught it. Said oh. he tried running upfield. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Before he caught the ball, he was running upfield. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. Oh, well. Um, Let me just say one more thing about the about the line while we're we're talking about it. Um, yeah. That that injury to Big V. It's a foot injury, which I was telling you guys con- concerns me because linemen with foot injuries tend to like mm. linger. And if, if Tyler Crosby's going to be the guy, he's got to clean up his his act out there and not do those penalties. So yeah, I mean he's got down. Hopefully you can, but uh, hopefully you don't have to rely on him completely. Well, so, we'll see. I mean, out. we've been developing him for how long, right? I mean, we've had him for is this his fourth year with the Lions, just in a backup capacity? Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. don't know. You're right. He definitely has to clean up his act. That's for sure. But uh, I mean, I thought he did a respectable job of for you know. As far as just pure blocking, most of the time. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just staying on the uh, or just going back to Hawkinson, I I just really like the way they use him in this game. They use him on some crossing routes, giving him some uh, yards after the catch. But the the the, the most promising sign was that touchdown that he had, where he just simply boxed out Trevathan. Yeah. Through a nice mm-hmm. outside pass like that, that's what he's there for. He uh, he, you know, curled the, some extra biceps, got his body a little thicker this off season, uh, and it showed at least in that play where he used his size to just create a touchdown. Throw it to that side, it, it was a it was good throw and catch all the way around. Yeah, yeah. very good. Um, and I, I don't Jesse James barely he had thirty nine snaps in this game, but he was non-existent like usual for our most expensive tight end. Yeah, I know. Um, can I talk about a play? Because yeah, go for it. Awesome play. My play of the game actually is uh, Marvin Jones with the truck stick. Yeah, that was so awesome, and it was just like it just woke everyone up at that point because he, he catches that ball and just runs right into the rookie and just puts him in the turf. That was so cool. I love those kind of plays. Oh, yeah, yeah, a little welcome to the NFL yeah. type right there. Those are the best. Um, but yeah, I mean, Khalil, Khalil Mack had no sacks in this game, so that was really positive. So let, let's talk about another guy, and I, I'll let Rudd Dog, I guess, take it uh, just because it's been his guy, uh, first and foremost, a future Hall of Famer, Quintez Cephas. He was on the field for 62% of the snaps. He was targeted 10 times in this game. I think he ended up with, what, four catches for 43 yards? Uh, yep. Yep, three catches for 43 yards, sorry. But he was definitely uh, thrown at a lot in this game and utilized heavily. A lot more probably than you expect for a fifth-round rookie wide receiver. I'm telling you, he's going to be the guy they all ask, why did he get drafted so late? Why? This guy's too good to have been like a fifth-round draft pick. What the hell? I'll be yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he played real good. He was he did was that a drop that on the one where it looked like kind of might have hit him in the hands or whatever? The one but, near the goal line? Yeah. Um, it, it was deflected a little bit. I mean, he was it was he wasn't going anywhere even if he did catch it. On that play in specific, if you go back and watch the play, DeAndre Swift is wide open on an angle route over the middle, and Stafford misses him, and then goes and then holds the ball too long and goes to Cephas. Mm. Uh, so Swift could have had three touchdowns in this game potentially if Stafford <laughs> saw that saw him <laughs> read the play. Well, as you yeah, you have to catch it. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do have to catch it. Unfortunately. Well, to be fair, this has got to be the Stafford get the rust off game. 
Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Stafford just a little bit and uh, what, what we thought of his performance because uh, he 24-42, one touchdown, one pick, and one sack. Uh, yeah. We mentioned the pick. We mentioned the sack already. Um, but how do we think he looked in this game? Uh, especially, after, I would say a little, definitely early on in the game, rusty, <clears throat> and then he started feeling it a little bit. Yeah. I was going to say, I think Stafford had a very average performance today. Um, he made some great plays out there, but also a couple boneheaded decisions like the sack and the interception. Um, I, I'm not too concerned about him, though. I think week to week he's just going to keep getting better, and I expect a much bigger performance from him in week two. But, yeah, I'd just say perfectly average performance, maybe slightly below to his standards. Mm. Yeah, definitely definitely not his best yeah. performance by any means. I mean, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I've given him a definite, like, uh, uh, gimme on this one or whatever, a little pass because he hasn't played he's faced live bullets since halfway through last season, and then with hardly any preseason to really getting back in it. So, yeah, uh, a little rust is like you said, UJ is to be expected here. And even with the rusty performance, he still threw the potential mm-hmm. game-winning pass at the very end to win it, and we should have won exactly. it. Exactly. You know, yeah, it's it was a rough one, but yeah, I'm not worried about Stafford at all. Mm-mm. In fact, he's like one of the things, like just cause like the one the thing that keeps gnawing at me is the secondary issue. I just don't see like with the guys on our roster how we're gonna beat teams like the Packers with basically no good cornerbacks, like one decent cornerback. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, but this, uh, this is a good transition to move over to the defensive well, side of the ball. Now we've been talking about the offensive okay. line. Point there. So. Go for it. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Go for it. Finish it. Right I now. lost it. Now you just cut me off. Oh my bad, man. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you you mentioned our cornerbacks, uh, so we we mentioned the injuries already. Um, but it, actually, the best graded uh, defender in this game, besides Trey Flowers, was Daryl Roberts, and I thought he had actually had a really good game. Uh, he showed up and had a lot of pass breaks in this game. So if uh, th- that's a little positive sign, at least that he was be able to good in coverage. A warrior missed a couple tackles in this game, but he was good, uh, I thought, in coverage for the most part. Uh, they didn't really throw at him a lot, though. Um, but we have Mike Ford on the practice squad, right? Other than that, it's concerning. And it's, we have the Packers coming up and uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah. So who do we, who do we think is going to be the main guy to cover him? I think you put Warrior, but we don't even play man like that. We have our guys on one side of the field. Hmm. I don't know. It's going to be – could be ugly potentially yeah. if they don't have a good plan for it. Depending on what these injuries look like, you know, is yeah, is that true. Okuda going to be back, or you know, Chupan, is he going to be fine? We don't know yet, so right. that, that'll all depend. But I think they'll have a plan for the Packers, and we hope so. We have a new defensive coordinator, so he'll adjust on the fly, and we'll be fine. <laughs> but oh, that yeah, was the point yeah. I was getting to. Is we have Stafford, and that's why we'll be fine. <laughs> that was um so. Uh, one thing that really stood out in this game was Tracy Walker didn't start in this game. It kind of, it doesn't make yeah, sense. Me and Red Dog were talking about right before this podcast started. Like, why is Tracy Walker not playing the whole first series? Why is Will Harris out there who continually grades as one of the worst safeties in the NFL? Leads uh, led the team again in missed tackles, which is a common theme with him. He consistently missed tackles, gets bowled over, and he, he's supposed to be like this kind of bulkier safety. He's supposed to make tackles. Um, you can say it's preseason, it's early, but th- this is something consistent we've seen out of him. The guy can't tackle. Um, <laughs> wh- wh- 
can anybody try to explain why uh, Will Harris is getting all this time other than maybe they're waiting for Jerry on curse to get back. Who's not like a lifesaver safety by any means. It beats I mean, the hell out of me. coaches. Maybe he's got some dirty. Yeah. Well, you know, is this like a bad sign of like having our, you know, do they pick, are they picking favorites or something? Did, did they draft was Tracy Walker was here before Patricia, wasn't he? No, he was a. Uh, or was that his first year? Yeah, first year. They pick, remember they picked him in the third round. Everybody thought way too high. No, you're right. I don't <laughs> Who's know, that man. Guy? <laughs> All I know is they seem to really want Will Harris to work out, and they're very dedicated to trying to make it work. Yeah. Um. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Tracy Walker did play the most plays of any of the safeties, but the safe all three safeties were on the field for 80-plus percent of this game, so they used the safeties heavily in this game. I'm thinking Tracy Walker was in trouble or something. I think that was like a punishment. You know, you're not the official starter type thing. I don't know. Um, it doesn't make sense otherwise. UJ, is there a defender that stood out or uh, lack thereof for you in this game that you wanted to discuss? <laughs> well, I like Trey Flowers' effort. Uh, I thought he was really good in the game. Uh, oh yeah, I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised with Jared Davis and uh, mostly like he was not a detriment to the team out there, and uh, his speed was <laughs> a factor. I think uh, I think in general the linebackers actually played a halfway decent game. Uh, the D line started out a little rough, but I think they, they settled down a bit too and actually played pretty well. You know, until that fourth quarter when everything went wrong. But uh, I'd say the linebackers uh, did not a bad job. Even though the pet, even though the Bears averaged five yards a carry in this game, yeah, I think uh, they did. But it seemed that, it seemed like that was maybe it's just my impression. But it seemed like that was early. But as the game went on, it seemed like we were shutting them down a little better after that. We adjusted a little bit, and I think we got a little better against the run as the game went on. They also firmed up really good every time they got in the red zone, in the up until the very last quarter. <laughs> I mean, yeah. well, they had what three or six points until like a, like a half a minute into the first fourth quarter. Yep. And so I mean, and again, were, defense if Ma- was not doing bad. If Matt Patricia, uh, his record, if the NFL only had three quarters, would be like he, he'd be one of the best <laughs> coaches in the NFL the last three years. Okay. He's blown now yeah. eleven leads in the fourth quarter. Well, maybe we just need a fourth quarter coach. But. <laughs> for the first three quarters, and then we bring in the fourth quarter coach. He comes right out of the locker room. All right, here we go. And Patricia goes into the locker room <laughs> and waits there till the end of the you, game. UJ, you think we can get Caldwell back? Coach. A fourth quarter coach. Think about it. What a good fourth quarter. I'd be a forget. <laughs> yeah, how about that how about that bob we heard all off season the stafford theme was dagger time like put this team away when you're up <laughs> they do the exact opposite yeah. in the first game right. of the season they haven't learned what it is yet someone forgot yeah. to bring the dagger like it was like, the dagger i don't know if i forgot it, it. <laughs> no, I didn't you brought it we should have been talking about another uh fourth quarter comeback from stafford but we wouldn't even need that if we did dagger time. So we were up by a couple scores. We should have put up another score, and that would have been dagger time. But yeah, I don't know what they're doing out there. <laughs> and yeah. one quick note: one thing Stafford didn't have that Trubisky had—he had receivers making big plays for him, which we did not have. And we had some decent receiver play, but those guys bailed Trubisky out. Hmm. So, 
that's a good point. Yeah. Those catches they made were ridiculous. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, that one touchdown catch was really good. Yeah, it was a good throw and a good catch uh, there at the end. That that one maybe is the more most ex- more excusable of the plays in the game. And but uh, um, and I I didn't understand Jimmy Graham being in one on one coverage on the goal line either. I thought that was kind of bizarre against an undersized yeah. uh, Tracy Walker. Everyone's going to be undersized against Jimmy Graham. Yeah, I just but, I just yeah. thought it was bizarre. Like they but left him on an island help. there. Yeah, it was it was a clear mismatch as evidenced by the touchdown. Um. Yeah. Yeah, but well. even that, like, I don't necessarily have a huge problem with something like that. You're sometimes you're just gonna have to put your guys on an island and see what you know, let them do their thing. Yeah. So, uh, what do we think of the defensive line in this game? Uh, the, uh, Danny Sheldon, I thought, played a decent game. Uh, th- there wasn't a lot of, there was a decent amount of pressure, I guess. But again, a lot of three man rushes that we saw late mm-hmm. in this game again. Like, they were they actually having some success with four man rushes and stunts. Uh, there was a nice one where Han had a stunt up the middle, caused some pressure, forced him out of the pocket. Uh, but then you know it comes down to crunch time, two minutes, and then we go back to what wasn't working last year. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, no Kool Aid, Kool Aid. We're we're drinking the Kool Aid here. <laughs> um. Oh boy. Uh, th- there was one defense alignment and notes. Uh, maybe the, he was he was having injuries during the week, right? Julian Aquara, so maybe this is why he only got seven snaps and he had he had two pressures in those seven snaps there. in the fourth quarter, <laughs> but very very limited in his first game. So, do we think that's injury? Do we think they're waiting to throw him out there in better situations? I don't know. Well, you said he's been injured all week. I mean, I, I thought I read him on the injury report, right? Yeah, he, I think he was up, and uh, I think they're just going slow with him. That's all. I think they're doing that with a couple of these guys. You know, try to bring them along slow, but yeah. Um, at least from a past perspective, I I uh, thought Reggie Raglan and Christian Jones. It, I can't believe I'm saying a positive thing about Christian Jones, but I actually thought they utilized him pretty decently in this game for once. Uh, he played more of that uh, that stand up linebacker on the edge. Uh, probably where he belongs, far away from any sort of coverage scheme, and I thought that was a more effective use of him. So that was good to see. Yeah, yeah, Raglan made a couple nice plays during the game. I kind of a pleasant addition there. Like I said, our linebacker core is is a lot better than last year. And yeah, there were some rough edges in this game, but I think they're going to be a positive unit for us as the year goes on. I really do, especially when Jamie Collins plays. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, the worst rated, the worst rated lion in this game besides Tony McRae, who gave the two touchdowns, was Jelani Tavai. Uh, a chance for him Ooh. to step up here with uh, Collins out, and he disappointing. Didn't, he did not perform well. Missed a few yep. tackles. He didn't. Um, not not around the ball. Uh, constantly getting picked up by guards and not fighting the block at all. Uh, it was a frustrating performance from him. He, ran, he reminded me of Ernie Sims a little bit. He, he overran the holes a few times, and uh, he just didn't seem – I don't know what it was. Sort of yeah, he, he didn't look assertive enough in the box there like, and not picking good lines. Right. Like, yeah, he has some work to do. I was hoping – you know, when, when – uh, Big Z was joking about this earlier about how optimistic we can be because when Collins went out, I said I was like, you know, this could be like a good thing, but give like Tavai a chance to come in there and shine, you know, <laughs> the 
eternal sunshine of the Detroit Lions fans' mind, right? You know, th- that some guy will come in and play better than you expect. <laughs> well, he didn't. He played worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know what? I still have hope that he'll be better next week. Well, he couldn't be much worse than he was in this game. <laughs> um, but, man. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we've talked a lot about this game. There's... I mean, there's. I don't. I don't know. Is, does anybody have anything else to add before we uh, start wrapping this, wrapping things up, or something else you want to get off your chest here? Can I throw one thing in? I liked uh, no. Jack Fox. I thought he did a pretty good job punching. Since so uh, we got a new punter, I thought yeah, he had a really nice job. Oh yeah, so he did so that's encouraging. <laughs> Yeah, and in case you, I know we're having a little issue with audio, but in case you didn't hear Bob there, Jason Fox is who we mentioned, uh, the undrafted rookie punter, having a good first game. I think he averaged over 50 yards per punt in this game, so really, really good job. And good coverage, good coverage. You know, on on that same token, I'm going to add Jamal Agnew in returns. I thought he did a real solid job. Got like, he returned, what, that one kick, 16 yards or something like that, the punt, 16 yards. Yeah. Solid day, you know. He t- got yeah. targeted on offense, but didn't really do anything. But you know, hope at least he's justifying his roster spot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, oh, there was one more player I wanted to mention that I thought was improvement over last year, and this goes back to the offense side of the ball. So apologies for missing him, Jason Cabinda. I thought he showed up really well uh, here in this game. Definitely wasn't improvement over seeing Nick Bodden out there. I thought. Mm. Um, yeah, it was nice to actually see a competent fullback. Yeah, he, he was getting up to the second level, squaring up linebackers. It was really good to see. So if you didn't see it, go back and watch the film. Um, if you're if you're able to, or go back and watch some highlights of the Lions' big runs, you'll see Cabinda there with some key blocks. It was really encouraging to see. Nice. And you also see Ragnow moving like, moving some guys in the middle, too. He had, a, he had a really, really good game. I saw Jonah Jackson handle the tackle on the touchdown run for Swift. He made a nice block. Yeah. So Rook. there are encouraging signs here, yeah. Lions fans, blue Kool-Aid drinkers. There are a lot of encouraging. Remember, this is essentially like preseason game one. They're right. they're going from training camp to just being thrown in a fire, and it it it's a wild card of what can happen in some of these games. Uh, with you know no game reps whatsoever, and Stafford he missed the last eight games. It's been a long time since Stafford took the field. So, I mean, there's a lot of factors here. It's only one game in a season. I know it, it feels like a continuation of last season or last two seasons, but it is a new season, and that's what Patricia said. It's a new group of guys. So, uh, uh, But it is here's new. My, and Here's my imitation of Patricia trying to figure out how to win. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not watching this on video, uh, UJ is trying to fix a Rubik's cube. You do that. <laughs> All right, I did that to do that. Sorry, <laughs> Matt. Like and that. and if you're listening, UJ did not solve the Rubik's cube. And <laughs> 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 that in that <laughs> seven seconds. <laughs> All right. All right. I think that's gonna wrap it up for us uh, here. But just remember to drink the blue Kool Aid. Uh, Lion Sands, and remember, it's just one game. There's 15 more to go. We have the Packers next week, so later in the week we'll have a preview episode of that game. We'll have a Packers fan enter the Lions' den if they dare. 
If they dare. And uh, we will, you know, it's a new week. It's a new week in the NFL. We'll see what happens with injuries and all that stuff. Uh, there's a lot going on. But the NFL is back. It was great to watch uh, the NFL again on Sunday. That's for sure. Uh, and a, a familiar feeling, I guess, if, you will, if you're watching the Lions, whether you like it or not. A lot of people are saying, 2020, what a weird year. All this stuff's happening, but some things remain the same. <laughs> in a bad way, but maybe some people saw some good in it. Like Some things can remain the same. I don't know. But we're telling you it's not going to be the same. No. They're making the playoffs. They're winning the Super Bowl this year still. You know, the, the other joke is that, you know, this is actually a good sign that will make it through this year because hell hasn't frozen over yet. So <laughs> there's still hope we'll get out of 2020. All right. All right. So I think that's going to wrap it up for us here on Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid. Instagram at Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid. Twitter at Drinking Lions. Please subscribe. Please leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'll be back later this week previewing week two. Lions going on the road to Green Bay. Going on the road, I don't know what that means anymore. <laughs> really, it doesn't mean much when there's no fans in the stands. But regardless, they'll be on the road. It means you go on the road to get to the other team's stadium. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I think that's going to wrap it up here. Um, but thanks to UJ, Rudd Dog, Connor, Bob, Big Z. And last but not least, as always, Go Sold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.